The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Hope you're having a great day. Today we are so excited about this show. You know, before I introduce the guest, I just want to mention, uh, I know, most of my listeners know, but just a special reminder, I am a woman living with epilepsy and that's why this show is so important to me today. Um, you know, we have all kind of guests from the Secretary of Labor to someone from the White House, but I always include uh, epilepsy because it's so personal to me. And talk about superstars. We have some superstars on the show today, um, and I am going to introduce them. We have Shonda Gunn, who is an ice hockey Olympian. Isn't that something? We have the Olympics on going on right now. We are fortunate enough to have her on the show. Uh, we have Jerry Kill, who is with the University of Kansas, and we have Sam. Are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Sam, co-chair of Athletes versus the Epilepsy Initiative, and do we have Jeff with us? Okay, so Jeff will be joining us later on. But before we get started, you know, Sam is like a great friend of mine, Sam Estes. He's the most awesome person. He really cares. I met him at the Epilepsy Walk years ago, and from that moment, you know, it's like he was, Joyce, what can I do to help? How can I help people with epilepsy? And he really is the person that coordinated all of this. This program with the National Epilepsy Foundation is called the Athletes versus Epilepsy Initiative. So, Sam, let's start with you since you're the one that really made this happen. Um, how about if you tell our listeners what Athletes versus Epilepsy Initiative is and then why you got involved? Well, first I want to thank you, Joyce. Uh, you know, you are like a sister to me. I love you dearly, and thank you for the work that you do for not only people that live with epilepsy, but people that live with disabilities, um, not only in the United States, but across the globe. So I want to really thank you for your help and, and for having us on today. Um, so as you said before, I co-chair the, uh, the Athletes vs. Epilepsy Initiative with a good friend of mine, Jeffrey Pope. Um, and we developed this years ago. Um, and brought it to the CEO, uh, which is Phil Gatone. Uh, the Athletes vs. Epilepsy Initiative is, is a initiative that eliminates the stigma attached with playing sports and living with epilepsy. Um, so what we wanted to do is we wanted to identify um, not just professional and superstars that happen to live with epilepsy, uh, but everyday people, uh, whether that be professional athletes, uh, amateur athletes, semi-pro athletes, collegiate athletes, 
uh, and normal day-to-day people that just love athletics. Um, so we, we, we developed a plan to reach out and contact those individuals. We used our professional and personal uh, networks, and we've reached some incredible people. And, and uh, three of those individuals are going to be on the phone with me today, but Shanda Gunn is absolutely great. Um, and like you said, the Olympics are going on right now, so it's an absolute pleasure and honor to have her on the phone call and to work closely with her for these past couple of years. And we have Coach Kill, who uh, I hold dear to my heart, um, being a former collegiate football player and what he what he did and what he continues to do um, when he was at the University of Minnesota and now he's at Kansas State as an athletic director um, is absolutely wonderful, and I'm, and I'm glad that he's able to uh, join us on this call today to talk about some of the things that, that we're doing. Well, Sam, you know, you you are awesome. And, and, you know, you got so involved in this. Was that a result of your friendship with Jeff Pope? It was. Initially, it was just Jeff. He was one of the first national spokesmen for the Epilepsy Foundation. Um, his grandmother has lived with years uh, with having seizures. Um, so he would reach out to a couple of his friends back home, and he would say, hey, donate some money, donate some money. So I would donate money and and try and support. And then I started to fly out. He started to say, hey, come out here, go to the walks, go to these meetings, go to these events, and I would start to do so. And I don't know if you remember, but years ago, it had to be about seven or eight years ago, I, I came out, and we were at a fundraising event. And I had paid, I can't remember what the, what the number was, I think it was $500 or $1,000. And they started to fundraise again at the event. Um, and I was going to write another check. And you leaned over to me and you told me, you and Tony Coelho, which I consider a, a role model and a friend as well in this mission that we're doing to find a cure for epilepsy. But, but you leaned over and you said, Sam, don't donate another dollar. I want you to donate your time. And it really struck a chord in me that how the foundation was, how the organization was, the people that live with epilepsy, the community. And so at that moment, I realized that it wasn't enough just to write a check. It wasn't enough just to donate some some money. I needed to donate my time, my effort, and my heart to the organization and the people living with epilepsy. So that's how I really, really got involved in it. Yes, you are. that is wonderful. And just in case, for those that don't know, do you want to tell them who Jeff Pope is? Yeah, sure. Jeff Pope is a, uh, a very good friend of mine. Um, he, he, uh, he's a professional or a former professional NFL player. He won a Super Bowl with the, with the New York Giants. Um, great, outstanding guy. I mean, um, you, you talk about some people that have the platform, um, to help others and they don't do it, or some people have the heart and don't have the means. Well, he has both of them. He's a great, great guy, um, and he's a friend I grew up with um, in Detroit, and we went to college together. Yeah, he is great. He is awesome. Um, a real, a special shout-out, Jeff. We really love you. Um, and I, too, had the great pleasure of meeting Coach Jerry Kill at one of the uh, epilepsy walks. Actually, I first heard about him from Brian Smith, my close friend Brian Smith, uh, an epileptologist who was the chair of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation, as I was uh, the chair following Tony Coelho. 
I remember meeting him at the walk. I knew about him. I remember when he was the head coach of the University of Minnesota. And then, as Sam mentioned, now the athletic director for Kansas State University. And, and you know what impressed me the most is that he himself took time to come to that walk and to be involved. You know, when many people aren't like that, he is. Uh, so welcome to the show, Coach. How about if you start by telling our listeners how epilepsy impacted your life? Well, it's a pleasure to be on, on, on your show, and it's nice to hear Sam's uh, voice, and, and I appreciate that. Uh, one, I'm not quite the athletic director yet. I'm the associate athletic director, but is <laughs> that uh, the, the thing, I, you know, uh, with my story uh, is uh, I uh, developed um, seizures, uh, back in about 2005, and uh, and uh, I actually went down at a game, and uh, it's a unique story. I, I cracked a rib, and and uh, they did X-rays and so forth, and I found found uh, a tumor on my kidney, and I had stage four kidney cancer, so the seizure probably saved my life, and uh, but uh, I developed. Uh, you know, seizures from there and, and from, uh, you know, being a, uh, epileptic and coaching college football and the hours that you keep and, and, and what you do was very difficult. But, you know, I did it through uh, three different institutions and all the way up to a Power Five conference. And uh, once I went there, uh, I had a couple incidents and it, uh, you know, made national news and I was blasted pretty good by a, a colonist that, you know, said that I shouldn't be coaching and, and nobody should see somebody, you know, flip-flopping around on the ground on national TV. Um, but, uh, you know, I just kept moving forward. And, unfortunately, um, you know, I had missed a game and had about, oh, I don't know, 15 or 16 seizures and really didn't know. And I woke up uh, and... Uh, through them after about two days and, and looked and my clothes were still hanging uh, on the door, my coaching clothes. So it was pretty devastating. And then Dr. Smith uh, got a hold of me. I had to get out of Minnesota because of the media. And uh, Dr. Brian Smith uh, certainly gave me an opportunity to coach uh, basically two more years. And, um, you know, eventually um, the seizures kind of, I felt like that, you know, they were, you know, I was going back for another spin, and I, I couldn't afford to do that. So uh, I stepped away from the game and, and took about seven or eight months. And uh, I've been uh, watching my diet, kind of eating a, uh, a special diet and uh, sleeping better. I was only getting two and a half hours of sleep um, all those years, coaching three hours maybe, and not eating right and so forth. So it, it caught up with me. And, uh, I probably should have listened a lot more, but uh, I got caught up in what I was doing and took eight months off, and then I got called up to come here and help Kansas State out as an associate AD and, and help football, which I love, and get to still be a part of it in just a different way. And uh, But uh, that's a quick part of my story. Um, you know, certainly being on the national stage, I wasn't sure that, you know, that uh, – you know what to do really and uh 
you know, the person that really, I, I mean, in my opinion, say my life was Jill Catone, Bill's uh, wife, and uh, Vicki Copeland, who was in charge of the Epilepsy Foundation of Minnesota, helped my wife during that difficult time and got me to Dr. Brian Smith. So, you know, uh, it uh, is has been unique, but at the same time, I look at, at uh, you know, it's given me the platform to, you know, uh, to let everybody know that, uh, you know, you can do what you want to do. And, you know, I'm not the only one out there, and I think that it went nationwide. So, you know, I think probably the news reporter that uh, wrote that article probably helped epilepsy more than anybody in the country. Yeah, isn't that the truth? I have to say a few things. Uh, first of all, a question. You then did not have the realization you had epilepsy until 2005, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, you know, I, I really, I'd had some episodes before that, uh, but, you know, I just didn't know for sure. And, uh, but in 2005, I, you know, I went into uh, um, several clonic tonic seizures and uh, and that's when I knew. But I, I'd had a couple incidents. But again, education wise, you know, I didn't know. And uh, to be truthfully honest, I didn't even know what an epileptologist was until uh, you know I met Jill Catone and and Phil. I didn't even know what that was. I'd gone to uh, a lot of different neurologists, and uh, so it. Uh, it's kind of unique. So I probably, you know, had episodes that, uh, you know, during the time before 2005 that I really didn't know what they were and neither did my wife. Wow. You know, uh, first of all, for our listeners, this is exactly what happened to me in that my epilepsy was misdiagnosed because I did not have a convulsion, which resulted in that horrible accident of movie theater. I mean, not a car accident. I mean, standing in the theater, falling, hitting the floor so hard, I fractured my skull and ended up having brain surgery. And these quote-unquote fainting spells went away as soon as I started taking anti-epilepsy medication, meaning I always had this. But for those of you listening... A family doctor, do not just go to the family doctor. Go to a neurologist, and if you can, an epileptologist is the very best person uh, that you could possibly go to. Then I wanted to mention that article that that reporter wrote sent me into outer space. I mean, that was terrible because, of course, that could be me was writing about. Uh, And you know what? That just shows the ignorance in this company or a country or lack of understanding about epilepsy because actually one in 26 people will have epilepsy in their lifetime. And you know how you said about the national state, you made it, Coach. You made it that you helped people by you know being interviewed and talking about it. You helped millions of kids that live with stigma. So, you know, my hat's off to you. And what a miracle that that's how you found out you had kidney cancer. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It, it really is. It's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's <laughs> somebody wants me around, I guess. <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing I can think about. But, uh, 
I've had some unique things happen, and I've been fortunate and blessed all my life to to be able to, you know, have a lot of good things happen, and we all have adversity, and always say how you handle adversity is what kind of person that uh, you truly are. Well, then I can say you truly are an awesome person. And uh, are you? How how are you doing now? Are you doing okay now? You know, I'm I'm having kind of my best run in a long time. Is that uh, I haven't had any uh, seizures for eight months now. And wow, uh, that's good. So I've done really good, and I think I'm. You know, I weighed like two ten at one time when I was coaching. I only weigh like one eighty three now. Uh, so I've really, I've exercised um, every day, and I'm eating totally different. Wow. I'm sleeping better. So it's amazing if you do those things, how much, you know, um, better than, that you can get. And those are key factors, in my opinion, you know, that, you know, brought on my seizures was lack of sleep and just not taking care of myself. And the byproduct was, you know, having the seizures. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to uh, take responsibility what you're doing, and I hope every young person listening to the show uh, heeds his advice. I also know, oh, I just love Shonda again. I love her. And Shonda <laughs> is an Olympic gold and bronze medal recipient in ice hockey. She is like nonstop. I see her at all the walks. I see her at everything. She has like put her heart and soul into trying to help people, living with epilepsy, just an awesome person. Shonda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Hey, Shonda, could you first share with our listeners when you were first diagnosed with epilepsy, and then knowing that, what the heck gave you the courage? Sorry? I'm sorry, what, what gave you the courage to then play ice hockey? Um, I was first diagnosed with epilepsy officially um, when I was nine years old. I was probably having seizures for a long period of time before that, but officially diagnosed at nine years old. Um, And I can clearly remember how confusing it was at that time. Um, I remember being, I must have been in fourth or fifth grade, and I was sitting on the table. We must have been doing some full class activity, and I was sitting on my desk, um, and then the next thing I knew, I was sitting on my desk, and the classroom was empty. No teacher, no kids, nobody. And I remember being so horrified and terrified, and I took it you know, to myself as if you know, I was a bad person or I wasn't following directions. And I ran all over the school. Maybe they were at lunch, maybe whatever, and I eventually found them in gym class. But um, that was right before I was diagnosed, and that kind of stuck with me as far as the awareness and... Um, and knowledge of epilepsy to, you know, teachers and other students and, you know, even some, you know, school nurses is, you know, for something like that to happen before you are, are diagnosed and, and, and written off. Um, so I clearly remember that as a confusing and, and scary time when I was nine years old. And at the time, I was a competitive swimmer. Um, and where I was on my journey with epilepsy, it really wasn't, um, everyone has their own journey. And for me, um, during that time, it wasn't safe for me to continue to be in the pool and swim competitively. And um, I just sort of fell into ice hockey. Um, and for me, it's never been about 
it's flattering, but it's never been for me about having the courage to play. It was more I loved the physical outlet and being competitive, and I just love the game. And it's always, for me, been more about being gracious and thankful, truly, to the doctors, you know, just like Coach Kill said, to the doctors um, and the people who dedicate their lives to, to research and really the donors and the programs like the Epilepsy Foundation who create, you know, opportunities for these, these treatments to be developed that gave, in turn, me the opportunity to play ice and, and, um, and you know, have and experience the, the Olympics. Um, and that's, that's part of the reason that I'm an ambassador for Athletes versus Epilepsy is just to keep that cycle going. I have to ask you, what did that feel like to win a gold medal? Um, you know, that's it. The, the Olympics is a whole nother story, but something that, you know, it's amazing in hindsight, but I think something you'll hear from a lot of athletes is that you prepare for those games and those moments for so long that in the moment, um, you know, it sort of feels like just everything that you've been doing, it doesn't feel that abnormal. And that's just a sign of being very well prepared. And then in, in days and years later, it's sort of, you know, amazing. Like, wow, I was able, me and my teammates were able to um, accomplish our goal. And that's just a really, a really good feeling. Well, and congratulations for that. But more importantly, congratulations on, you know, taking a stand and speaking up because this gives hope to so many young people that, you know, you can do it. You, you can do it. You can make it. Um, you know, that's not exactly a, uh, oh, how can I say, a, a sport that, well, it's not like ping pong, that's for sure. I mean, here you are playing ice hockey, which a lot of people I know would say, oh, she'd never be able to do that with uh, epilepsy. Uh, and you did, and you won a medal, and you know, what more could you do to prove that you can make these things happen? I do have to ask you, what, what gave you the, you know, did someone impact you? Is there someone that said, hey, you can do it? Um. I don't think that there was really any one person who said something like, um, you know, hey, you can do it. And I think um, a misconception, sometimes when I go speak, I get, I get blasted with, you know, well, you and where you are on your journey, you have the ability to go to the Olympics, but I have, you know, this, I'm at a different place and I can't do that. Um, and I think that it's kind of more living uh, to your potential, and I have my own limitations. You know, I have a set of rules, um, you know, provided by my doctor, and there's not everything that I can do, and it's not always about, you know, proving your doctor wrong. It's sort of taken, um, taking what you are given and what you're, and, and um, doing the best, doing the best, you know, what you can with that, and I think that I sort of was given the you know, ultimatum of, you know, you can't swim because you're having seizures. And instead of pushing those limits and doing something that was unsafe for me, I found another outlet for myself and it led, um, it, it led me to the Olympics. So it ended up being, um, you know, what was, what was right for me. But that's my advice to other people is don't, you know, don't uh, take no as an ultimatum, but also don't, you know, do things that are unsafe Oh, yeah, that is great advice. 
That is great because, just as you said, you didn't give up and say, oh, I can't do anything here, but it would be uh, not wise, just as it would be not wise for uh, me to stay up all night or to not take my medication. Um, you know, you have to have responsibility uh, for what you're doing, but there always is another thing you can do. That is so true. Uh, Sam, I know you're still with us. I wanted to ask you about this athletes versus epilepsy. Um, I, I want to, in your opinion, Sam, why do you think this whole program is so important? And, and what message do you hope to get out to young people living with epilepsy? Well, the first thing is it is such a huge initiative um, to me because the outreach is for everybody. You know, it's for everybody. For my personal upbringing, um, you talk about, you know, some people talk about politics, some people talk about religion, but sports is similar to me like music. It brings people together, the camaraderie, uh, teamwork. Um, so you have these individuals who have a litany of different um, quote-unquote disabilities or things that restrain them, but they love athletics. Um, and it's a real testament, like we say right now, people gather and watch the Olympics, the representation of the United States in these different athletic events. So it was a great tool. It's a mechanism to get our message out that, you know, don't let your disability, any disability, but don't let epilepsy define you. Um, allow yourself to be able to jump over hurdles. When people say that you're not allowed to do something, <clears throat> you do it. Um, anyways, you overcome it. And so we have a great team of ambassadors. Um, Zach McGinnis, a professional swimmer, um, who was a five-time All-American at Virginia Tech. We have Coach Kill, who is phenomenal. I mean, I can't say enough about the man who he, he is. I get so much contact, <laughs> phone calls, emails about Coach Kill. I had a friend of mine who's a, he's just retired, but he's a United States uh, cap. He's a captain in the United States Navy. Um, uh, and Captain Sykes will come out, and he ran the new uh, the Marine Corps Marathon for us to raise money and awareness, and he's just so touched from the words and the journey that Coach Kill had, an everyday person who made it through the ranks of coaching from, you know, all, all these other different smaller universities and colleges to get where he was, and he was in a Power 5 conference, and he's an associate athletic director now. Shanda uh, Gunn, I mean, you talk about an Olympic gold medal. You know, I sometimes poke, poke fun at Jeff Pope, who co-chairs the initiative with me. He won a Super Bowl, but it's not a gold medal. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal, her journey and how she overcame not knowing what epilepsy was, thinking that she had, quote-unquote, done something wrong herself to get the proper education and facts on what epilepsy is. And once you know what it is, it can't contain you. You, 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 you look within yourself and you outburst with your mindset that you can overcome. And it's just awesome. So this Athletes vs. Epilepsy initiative is just that. Whether you're uh, batting practice, whether you're lifting weights, whether you're at the gym shooting jump shots by yourself, um, no matter what you're doing, you can be one of our ambassadors. You can be an ambassador. You can, put, you can, you can reach out to us, help us raise money by different events that we have um, on our website. And here goes a, a plug, athletes, athletesfirstepilepsy.com. You go 
go to our website and you will see the different ways that you can interact and, and become part of this movement. Um, and, and it's also raising awareness. You know, we have uh, athletic gear out. Um, we have information pamphlets. We have a whole bunch of information and statistics that we want to get out to people to, so that they can understand. You know, we have parents that reach out to us daily. We have plenty of people that reach out to us daily on wanting to be an ambassador, wanting to raise money. Um, and it's a great, great thing. So this initiative has um, put the epilepsy condition at it's not at the forefront, but it, it's bringing it, it's gaining people's attention. You know, we look at it as a nameless or a faceless um, disease because the amount of money that we're able to get from the federal government pales in comparison to a bunch of different other disabilities and diseases, um, their foundations or organizations. So we want to raise the awareness so that people understand the likelihood of an individual um, uh, developing epilepsy in their lifetime, the number of people in the United States that has it, um, and, and provide them the information so that they can go out and they can fulfill their life in the manner in which they want to. Right. I agree with you. Uh, and, hey, with that, we got to get ready to go to break for a moment. If you just joined us, we're talking to Sam Estes, Jerry Kill, and Shonda Gunn, athletes versus epilepsy with the national epilepsy foundation this is joyce bender america's voice where disability matters at voiceamerica.com don't go away we'll be right back news opinion your voice counts call toll free 1-866-472-5787 1-866-472-5787 voiceamerica.com hi i'm greg grumberg from the tv show heroes one of my personal heroes is my son who like more than three million americans has epilepsy when someone with epilepsy is having a seizure their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle they can shake or stare or fall down they can also even briefly lose consciousness if you see someone having a seizure please make sure they're comfortable and safe and within a few minutes or less the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay to learn more visit epilepsyfoundation.org thank you since 1985 Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.vendorconsult.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We're talking today about athletes versus epilepsy with some rock stars here. We've got Jerry Kill, Coach Kill, 
uh, formerly University of Minnesota, now Associate Athletic Director at the University of Kansas. We've got Shonda Gunn, Olympic gold and bronze medalist uh, in ice hockey. We've got Sam Estes, who is the co-chair of Athletes uh, versus Epilepsy. You all know this is a bit very important to me as I am living with epilepsy. And actually in the past 12 years that we've been on the air, every year we have several people that come on and talk about epilepsy. Uh, and one of those reasons, in addition that it's personal to me, is that not enough people talk about it due to shame, due to what people will think about them, um, and, Coach, I want to tell you that many people living with epilepsy, for example, are afraid to tell this to their employer. Um, I will give you an example. I speak all across the country, and I'll speak at a company, and at the end, someone will come up to me and say, I've been here 20 years, but I've never told anyone I have epilepsy. I didn't want anyone to know. I mean, I can't begin to tell you how often this happens that a person tells me they kept it a secret, um, and their main reason is they, the stigma. Actually, I just came back from South Korea with the State Department, and it is worse there. It is so terrible there. They don't even use the word epilepsy. They use uh, cerebroelectric disorder because epilepsy in China, which is where they use the language from, means madness. So, you know, it's not to that level here, but, hey, a lot of people are ashamed. They don't want to talk about it. So my question for you is, what advice do you have for people that feel like that? Well, you know, it, it, it's, uh, we have similar stories is that I've actually, it seems like I get a, a lot of calls and, and uh, actually people have come see me and uh, they're CEOs. You know, there's a couple CEOs in the Twin Cities that, you know, they, they feel like they can't say anything, you know, that, that you know, that it, they could lose their job. And actually, there's a person that came see me that wanted to know what they could do because they'd lost their job. And, uh, and I got them headed in the right direction. So it, it is a, you know, it's, it's a hard, hard thing to, to, to battle. But I, I think that, you know... The way I look at it is that everybody has has issues, and and the way I look at it is that you know I call anybody that I can meet or anybody I'm around that has epilepsy or comes tells me I just say hey welcome to the family, and uh, you know I I think that you got to be a bigger person than the people that that say things about you, and then the other part of it is what, uh, you know, um, athletes and, 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 and what they can bring to that is I try to share that to, to as many people as I can is that, again, the awareness. And uh, people are just not aware of, you know, um, here I coach the Big Ten and there's, you know, two or three coaches that call me and go, what is it? You know, what, what's making this happen? You know, what is it? So, I just don't think a lot of people know about it. So when it happens, they don't know what to do. And uh, and you know, I've never, you know, I've never witnessed it. You know, because I have them and and so forth. But you know, uh, I think it's one of those one of those things where 
you know, you just have to, uh, you know, stick together as a, as a, as a family, so to speak. And, and, uh, you know, I think it, in my opinion, I think it's getting better because I think everybody is, is working towards the awareness, but, you know, uh, there's a lot of times that I, you, I deal with a lot of young kids and they're made fun of and made fun of in schools. And, uh, and some of those young people have stood their, stood their ground. And, uh, you know, we've even had some stand up and talk to the school that they're involved in and tell all those people what happened. And a lot of times most people will rally around you and the ones that did the things where they laughed and did that kind of stuff you know, are kind of taken over by it once it's explained, you know, what's going on. So I think if it's happening to you, I think it's a, a, a good way to, to, to look at it. Hey, I can help other people to stand on my feet and let people know this is what I have and, and this is what I deal with and this is how you should react to it. Yeah, I mean, that is like right on what I go through. You know, I'm going to tell you what I tell people. I always tell people, you know, when you have a seizure, you've got a storm going on in your head. You've got too much electricity firing off. And then I tell them, and that's why it fits me. I've got too much firepower. So, you know, I try to talk to kids. I try to help them. But Shonda, I'll bet you too have had that happen where people tell you they have epilepsy, but they didn't want anyone to know. Oh, sure. And um, I'd be lying if I said at, um, you know, some points in life and even still, I I go through that initial, um, you know, nervous response of, um, do I talk to my employer? Do I talk to you know, whoever, do they even know what that means? Do they know what that means to me? Um, and I've had responses of, you know, talking to somebody and they saying, oh, are you okay? You should go home. One of my favorite lines is you need to go home and rest. You know, why do I need to rest? What am I resting for? Um, so I've definitely gone through, the, I've had that same experience. And um, it's something that we need to, you know, the culture of, um, needs to change, and we need that to chip away at. And the best you can do, I think, is um, I think something that's helpful to everybody altogether, even though it's hard, is to um, inform your employer and, and create a culture where um, you know having epilepsy isn't something that um, needs to be discriminated against. Mm-hmm. What I tell people, when they'll say, when I go on the job interview, should I tell people I have epilepsy? And I'll say, absolutely not. Just as if you went on the interview, you would not say I have diabetes or I have uh, bipolar disorder because they are to be hiring you because of your skill and ability. After you get the job and you're working there, if you feel comfortable being an ambassador, that would be awesome because that will help so many people. If you don't want to, I understand, but you probably should at least tell, you know, unless your seizures are completely controlled, it would be a good idea to tell someone uh, what to do, you know, if you have a seizure or people will be totally freaked out, you know, and have no idea what to do. Uh, And I think part of the stigma just is, thinking of how people act if they see a seizure. And in the meantime, 
there are these other things called complex partial seizures, obstant seizures. Actually, there are more of those than tonic-clonic seizures. So uh, you're right, people don't understand it, and that's why I think it's great what we're doing because the more people you can educate, I feel the more acceptance there will be and like the less people will feel this way. Um, Jerry, I have a very good friend I know you've heard of. His name is Alan Fanica, who, as you know, uh, was a Steeler and in the Pro Bowl so many times and an NFL star. And you know what? He told everyone about his epilepsy. And I used to say, uh, as a joke, because when he played for the Steelers, he looked like King Kong Bundy. And I used to tell people, I'd say, I really don't think the other team is saying, oh, we better not tackle him because, you know, he has epilepsy. Um, and he didn't care. But, you know, he was able to make people understand you can still play sports. Um, how, how could we encourage young people in letting them know that, you know, they can still be involved in sports as Shonda is? What do you think we could do? Well, I think that, you know, I was one of them that, you know, once I felt comfortable, you know, I didn't, I didn't care. You know, I, I said, I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to help other people. Uh, the, the other, you know, thing was I was fortunate because of the platform I was on is that, you know, I, people knew clear back in 2005 when I was at Southern Illinois that I had epilepsy. And I still got hired at Northern Illinois, and I still got hired at Minnesota. And, you know, I think it's because people, you know, understood my situation. They knew I was getting help. And, and uh, you know, when I went in and had the, the seizure um, in front of millions and millions of people on game day at Minnesota, you know, the kids really, they rallied around me. And uh, and once my wife, you know, talked to him about the education part of it. So I, I think that, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, again, that uh, you, some people are more apt to, to, you know, is there a wrong way or a good way? Uh, you know, I can't answer that question. I think it's, uh, you know, what you can do. But I, I think that we all... You know, Sean has said we we have limitations. Everyone that has epilepsy, some people can do more than others. But you know, you talking to a young person is I've told everybody I talk to. Everybody's got a talent. I mean, I know a young lady that you know she can't do a lot of things that she'd like to do, but she's a tremendous artist. And I mean, she's sending me stuff all the time. And you know, there's there's something you know that you can do. And in the athletic world. You know, uh, Shonda's got the greatest story there is, you know, and uh, she went from one sport that was not safe for her to another sport that's a very physical sport and was very, very, very successful. And so, you know, I think you use examples that people have played sports and young people have played and, you you know, you you, uh, use that to help kids out. I know you know, a young man in Minnesota that's uh, playing, you know, playing high school football, everybody knows he's epileptic, and he's told them, and he's part of, you know, spreading the word about 
you know, uh, education of epilepsy. And uh, so, uh, again, I think these stories that, that are just like we're doing today, the more people hear about them and the more platform certain people are on, the, the more these kids go, hey, you know, why can't we do it? And I always call it chasing your dreams. You know, whatever your dream is, chase it. It may not be exactly the dream you want, but, you know, dream big. Don't let, you know, being an epilepsy, you know, having epilepsy stop some of the dreams that you want to accomplish. You may have to adjust that dream a little bit, but to me, you still got to chase that dream. And and, uh, I just think, again, people that have the right platform, and there's a lot of younger kids that I have met, and I've been shocked how how they how they've reacted and how they've been people that are spreading the word, and uh, so I think it's pretty neat. I think the the young people that have epilepsy, a lot of them are doing a great job out there, and uh, not a lot of people know that. Right, and um, yeah, I always tell people I can't be the air traffic controller, but I can be the CEO of Bender and host of a radio show. And my point is, just as you said can't do one thing i have limitations but there's many other things that i can do and sadly jerry you mentioned you know about young people uh with epilepsy being made fun of i have to tell you that kids with disabilities are bullied more than any other group specifically epilepsy you know have a seizure when you're in the seventh grade in the hall and you can imagine what you go to i go through i have young people that i actually um, have do on a volunteer basis this bender leadership academy for high school students with disabilities and they are absolutely brutally bullied uh shonda I wonder if you might give some advice to any of those young people listening to the show right now that are bullied about epilepsy. You know, Joyce, I really don't know. I've, I've thought about that for a little while, and it's just it's an impossible question because nobody deserves to be bullied. And people with disabilities and, and specifically epilepsy, because that's the topic of the show, um, have so much going on with themselves and their their health and their um, ability to learn and different styles of learning and accommodations that um, adding to that list uh, social rejection is just um, can just be devastating and no matter how many times you tell especially a child but also an adult maybe in the workplace um, to just uh, walk away or, you know, don't listen. It's still, it still can be very hurtful, um, and I don't want to um, belittle that. And so some of the things, you know, some of the ways you can cope are to spend time with your friends outside of the school, assuming that that's where, you know, you're experiencing the bullying, spend extra time with friends outside of school um, to make yourself feel good and, and to do something you love. Um, the Epilepsy Foundation, for example, has a great program called Kids Speak Up, um, and it empowers uh, teenagers and, you know, older, older youth 
to make changes at the um, policy level. And there's nothing more empowering than that to feel like you're making a change, not only for yourself, but, you know, in changing laws of our country. Um, and I know if you go to epilepsy.com or the local affiliates, I volunteer with um, the Epilepsy Foundation in New England. That's, that's my local affiliate, and we have support groups. And uh, this year I've been out to three Epilepsy Foundation camps where they're, you know, peers with some of the same challenges that you have, but still just great kids and a lot of fun and all the things that you can do, you know, to kind of give you that confidence to, um, you know, to say that, hey, I'm a great person that can do a lot. And it's it's your problem right now at this age level to, you know, kind of discriminate against me. And then, of course, um, athletes versus epilepsy, which is a really exciting group and something you can participate in and really feel empowered and, you know, contribute at a much a much larger level with people who have things in common um, and great, great role models. Um, those are just some of the things that, some of the ways you can cope for something that, that really shouldn't be happening. Right. Yeah, you got to believe in yourself no matter what anyone says. You have to believe in yourself. And if there is someone listening to the show right now and you're thinking, wow, I'd like my child to hear that or someone to hear it, this show, remember, this show is archived at BenderConsult.com, at VoiceAmerica.com, and actually can be downloaded through iTunes. Whatever you have to do to get this message out, you've got to get the message out. Um, Sam, before we end the show today, I wanted to see what message you wanted to leave with our listeners. I think the, the the biggest message I want everyone to understand is if you're living with epilepsy, you're not alone. And what I mean by that is you're not alone because you're not the, the only one that's living with epilepsy in this world, but like Shanda and Coach Kill were, were saying before, is there are a number of different social programming and outreach programming that are available to you. Um, I have had the pleasure of meeting so many outstanding individuals that live with epilepsy. Um, you, Joyce, Tony Coelho, which has been such a huge uh, uh, member of the epileptic community and just the United States itself. Um, but I want to leave them with key facts. You know, each year 150,000 people in the U.S. will be diagnosed with epilepsy. Um, there are 3 million people in the U.S. that have epilepsy right now which is one in 26 people that would develop it at some point in their life. Um, I implore everyone, if you know someone that lives with epilepsy, if you live with epilepsy, if you're just looking for a community organization to research and get involved in, go to epilepsy.com. Go to athletesfirstepilepsy.com. Do your research. Know what we're about, um, what we do, where our money goes, the money that we raise, where it goes, the funding the medical aspect of it, with medications, with devices, read the stories. We have plenty of stories that are online of individuals that have overcame uh, bullying, that's overcome, um, you know, access to different programs that they were initially denied. Um, so I just want everyone, is the day and age now where information is at your fingertips. Go to these sites, follow and us on I, social media. I, thank and, you. And, I thank you so much, uh, Shonda, 
Coach Kiel. Sam, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you, Joyce, for having us. Awesome. And before we end the show, we have a special message that was sent to us from uh, the Clinton campaign. Of course, any one that wants to talk about disability running for president is more than welcome to be on the show. But right now, we have a special message in reference to disability from Secretary Hillary Clinton. You know, uh, the rights of uh, people with disabilities is something that I care uh, deeply about, and we've got to do much more than we're doing. I tried really hard to get the um, UN negotiated uh, convention on the rights of people with disabilities to pass our Senate, because it's a treaty, and we, we couldn't get it through the Republicans, and it was such a disappointment. Uh, their attitude was, we're not signing on to anything that the UN does, which is kind of strange since air traffic control and postal systems and a lot of other stuff actually have some UN connection. But that's the level of, you know, Tea Party mentality that unfortunately we are uh, living with. And so I want us to do much more here at home. I still want to get the convention uh, agreed to. So I think there are a number of things. Specifically with respect to autism, as you know, I've laid out a plan. I'm the only person running for president. I did it in 08. I've done it again this time because we've got to do much more. We have to do much more on research, early intervention, job training, housing, the whole range of uh, benefits and opportunities that need to be available to people on the spectrum. So that's going to be a high priority for me, and I'm glad you're here talking about it. When it comes to jobs, um, we've got to figure out how we get the minimum wage up and include people with disabilities in the minimum wage. There should not be uh, a tiered wage. And right now, there is a tiered wage when it comes to facilities that do provide opportunities, but not at a self-sufficient wage that enable people to gain a degree of independence as far as they can go. So I want us to take a hard look at raising the minimum wage and ending the, the tiered minimum wages, whether it's for people with disabilities or uh, the tipped wage, which is a real outrage. If any of you know what the tipped wage is, I see a head nodding in the second row. For those of you who don't, in a lot of states, if you work in a service industry where you can receive tips, like a waitress, in a hair salon, a bartender, or barber, you can legally be paid as little as $2.13 an hour. What is it here? What? $2.35. cents. It's a big improvement from $2.13. Uh, we're really on the upward trajectory here. And so you've got millions of people who are totally dependent on tips that may or may not make up even a minimum wage, let alone beyond. So we've got these differentials in the minimum wage that I would like to see us do away with. When people talk about raising the minimum wage, they don't always talk about the legal, uh, uh, whole, the legal loopholes that we have in it, and I want to get rid of those, and I want to get rid of that for people with disabilities too. Well, 
Well, thank you, uh, Secretary Clinton, for getting that to us. You know, um, we matter. As Tony Coelho always said, and I'll say it to all of you, get out and vote. Register to vote. You know, you may not vote Democrat. You may vote Republican, but you've got to vote. Or the disability community will not have a voice. And with that, we want to end the show, as we always do, with a quote. And today that quote is, We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit, said Aristotle. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.